for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Kerry Crowley, sports reporter for the San Jose Mercury News, about just about everything in Bay Area sports, but specifically, what about Major League Baseball has been so resistant to change relative to that of the NFL? The NFL constantly makes changes to improve the style of game and ignite viewership across the sport. That, as well as a report on Jimmy Garoppolo's injured shoulder and when he's set to have surgery, all things we can discuss with Kerry Crowley, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the podcast my good friend Kerry Crowley. You hear him at nights on KNBR on KNBR tonight. He's also a sports reporter for the San Jose Mercury News. Kerry, always fun catching up, dude. What's going on, man? Yeah, always fun catching up, Copes, and uh, congratulations to you on your new role at KMBR, and I know that this stuff at The Athletic has been fantastic, so the more the Bay Area sports fans get to hear your voice, the happier I trust that all of us will be, so looking forward to this conversation, and congratulations, man. Oh, you're too kind, man. I really do appreciate it, um, and what's fun about talking to you now that you're not just the Giants beat writer for the Mercury News is we can bounce around and talk all sorts of stuff, so why don't we hit some Giants, we'll get into some of the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff, we can talk about uh, basically everything going on in Bay Area sports with you. Um <laughs> I don't know that uh, that there's much we can talk about as far as baseball goes. On Monday night, baseball and the Players Association met for 16 and a half hours. Does it feel to you, because it feels to me like there's just, it's so dull to talk about. It's not why anybody gets into sports. It's not interesting. It's not a fun topic. It seems like, and, and I'm past the billionaires fighting millionaires thing. It just feels to me like we're making very little progress. And we, the fans, me and you and anybody else who follows baseball, are the ones getting boned. Are you are you exhausted in the same way I am thinking, talking, discussing the labor negotiations? Oh, completely exhausted. And labor negotiations actually fascinate me. I, I've got a family history where I, I've been involved in labor relations, labor negotiations throughout my life. It's something that my dad and grandfather did. And yet... I'm still tuning out Major League Baseball right now because this is not why we come to sports. Labor negotiations are very much a part of our real-world lives, our real-world jobs, but a lot of people look to sports as an escape. A lot of people look to sports to get away from the real world. And, you know, I don't necessarily do that, being involved in it as a reporter, but I can understand the frustration. I can understand where fans are coming from. They just want to see baseball. They just want to see pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. They just want opening day to start on time. They want 162 games season. And quite frankly, Adam, they want Major League Baseball to stop messing with the sport. They've gone from a 15-day DL to a 10-day DL. They've gone from 25-man rosters to 26-man rosters. You put a runner on second base. You've got a designated hitter coming to the National League, and now they're talking about expanded playoffs. It's hard to keep up with all the changes. At the end of the day, who does this benefit? Because the longtime baseball fans, they love the game as it is. There's so much changing right now. I just can't help but wonder who's being hurt and who's benefiting because it really feels like more people are being hurt, more people are feeling their love of the game uh, go away, and more people are not necessarily benefiting from all that's transpired in terms of these negotiations, in terms of all the changes that have happened over the last several years. It's so funny the way baseball, it's the way the fans view the game, but it's the way baseball views itself, I think. Like, you think about the NFL and how mm-hmm. globally, I mean, nationally, I should say, now they're they're moving globally, obviously. They want to play more games in London and down in Mexico and are they playing one in Germany maybe this season too? The NFL's all over the place. But in terms of, of what the NFL does well, they're the best run league in terms of, yeah, they've made changes for player safety. They've geared the game more offensively because that's what drives viewership. That's what people are into. When rules are bad, they'll change the rule. They get together every offseason. They have the competition committee that goes over this stuff. A couple of years ago in that NFC Championship game with Nikhil Roby Coleman not getting called for that pass interference, we come back the next year and they added pass interference reviewing plays. And while we... 
we sort of dropped the ball on that. It wasn't a, a good added rule. They scrapped it a year later. Now there's talk about them changing the overtime rules, maybe for the postseason, different than that, of the regular season. Baseball, though, is so resistant to change. They talk about changing the size of the bases, and we're like, what the hell's going on? They throw a runner on second, we're like, <laughs> absolutely not. That's not baseball. They add DH to the NL, and we're like, no, no, no. Why is it that baseball itself, is it because of its history? It's because of the fans that are that are geared older? You talk about the, the tie to history with the game of baseball. Why is it so resistant to change? I think it's a very difficult sport to market nowadays because a lot of what you see is new age general managers, new age executives finding ways to cut corners and create competitive teams without spending a ton of money, without doing it with name brand talent. And quite frankly, baseball has run into a marketing issue. And so Rob Manfred, owners, players and the like have all tried to come up with ways to make the sport more interesting, more engaging, you know, create a way that it appeals to the younger demographics, and that's not necessarily why people love baseball. People love baseball because of its traditions. People love the 162-game season. People love the idea of counting stats mattering at the end of the year, of there being pitchers going six and seven innings because that's what they grew up with. And a lot of the changes have really taken away from what people loved, whereas in the NFL, it feels like they're always trying to enhance the game, to make what people love about the sport, to make that involved in the game. Like you said, some of the changes for player safety that enhance offense that enhance scoring people love high scoring games in the NFL whereas in baseball you know if you uh, if you talk about putting a runner on second base no they they honestly love the concept of like a 16 17 18 inning game every once every you know two or three months and well I don't know that that's necessarily good for the long-term health of the sport I just think it's two different wavelengths and baseball has got so many different issues that it's got to sort out that I don't know that it can go incrementally I think it has to take a long look at what worked in the past and what will work in the future whereas the NFL NFL, it's already so popular. It's already got such a grip on American society that any subtle tweaks that they're making, it feels like it's always done with the notion that the sport's just going to become a tiny bit better with each of these moves. It's a great call that the, the game of football is looking to improve itself because it has the fan base that's already sort of entrenched. People already love it. People tune into the Super yes. Bowl without being Super Bowl fans or being football fans. I mean, we saw the viewership for the Super Bowl this year rocket up for two teams that are effectively the viewership in those markets is not huge. Cincinnati Bengals is not a big, uh, or Cincinnati's not a, a huge market. LA is a big market, but we know about the fan base struggles and the, the uh, loyalty to that franchise that we've seen over the last couple of years has sort of dwindled or not really been there at all because there's so much else going on. Baseball is trying to change rules, I think, to gather people, to get people back to the game, to create new fans, and it's just not happening. Yeah, exactly. And so when that happens, take a good, long, hard look at what did work. Take a good, long, hard look at why new fans aren't coming to the game, what you need to do. And I think that baseball has been so focused on issues like bringing the DH to the NL and, you know, focusing on expanding playoffs because it's going to create more revenue for owners. At the end of the day, these are all billionaires. They don't need more wealth. A lot of them inherited these teams. A lot of them have been eating out of a silver spoon their entire lives. And so they're focused on enhancing life for this group of 30 plus people that happens to own teams when in reality the NFL is much more focused on the fan experience because the owners know that you know at the end of the day people are still going to watch their product whereas at MLB you've got a product that's dwindling in fan interest that's dwindling in its grip on society and so there's a lot deeper rooted bigger issues in baseball than there is with football right now we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors 
I want to just ask you sort of briefly here about a player on the Giants, uh, because I, I live in denial. Uh, I don't want to act like we're not getting baseball back. <laughs> I'm hoping we're going to get the 107-win uh, Giants playing ball again this year. It was an interesting article in The Athletic um, by Andy Baggerly and uh, Fabian Ardaya, who covers the Dodgers for The Athletic, where they talked about and they sort of went through all the best bounce-back candidates for each National League West team. The number one, could you guess, if, if you haven't seen the article, could you guess who the number one guy is? Uh, they're looking as a bounce-back candidate for the Giants this year. It's probably got to be Mike Yastrzemski, right? After the tremendous 2020 that he had, the fall-off in 2021 where he struggled against lefties. That would be my first guess, right? Yeah, it is. You're correct on that. What's interesting about this is, and I was looking it up, in a game that has got the three true outcomes, the walk, the strikeout, and the home run, and you mentioned he struggled mightily against lefties after being really good against them in 2020. Now, granted, 2020 was a 60-game season. He had 329 against lefties, a 943 OPS. This was 2019, a 284 average and a 997 OPS in 2020. It was a total opposite in 2021. He hit 170 against lefties with a 513 OPS. That said, he hit 25 home runs. He had 28 doubles, a career high in doubles. He had the same war at about two and a half, I think it was 2.5 in 2021. That's on par with what his career average war was per season. What did you see from him last year? And is bounce back a fair analysis or a fair scope of what we'd be looking at with Mike Yastrzemski this season because he was, for the most part, a matchup-type player against right-handed pitching. Is it just that we expect him to be a left-handed hitting outfielder who bats left-handed? I do think that bounce back is a good way to describe Mike Yastrzemski because what we saw in 2020 was a tremendous talent who was not going away anytime soon. Yes, it was a 60-game sample, but that wasn't just a player who got hot during one stretch of that season like Brandon Belt did where he had like an 1,100 OPS over a 20-game stretch. Mike Yastrzemski was consistently good for all 60 games that he was available for or for all the games that he was available for during that 60-game season. He was kind of the heartbeat of the Giants, and he took a major step back last year. He was timid at the plate, particularly against left-handed pitching, and I think a lot of that had to do. He referenced this as an art, in an article Q&A with Andrew Baggerly of The Athletic. He said that you know the injury that he had on a hit-by-pitch at the end of spring training, that really impacted the start of his season, and it made him unable to get comfortable in the batter's box for a lot of the year. And so I think that he's owed the term bounce-back candidate because we need to see if he can replicate 2022 with a normal 2022 spring training. We need to see what he's capable of. It's very possible that he doesn't bounce back. It's very possible that he is the same player next year that he was in 2021 and that 2020 was the aberration, but he was so good for such an extended period of time during that 60-game season that I really think he's owed the term bounce-back candidate because of what he did accomplish and how much he meant to that Giants team. Like I said, he was the heartbeat of that team, Adam, and it's different from just going on a hot stretch to being the heartbeat of a team. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, I'm, I've got high hopes for Yastrzemski. I do think uh, you still look at him as a, a power guy who can play the corner outfield. Plays a pretty good right field at, uh, at Oracle Park as well. I think he'll be a, certainly a part of, of Gabe Kapler's uh, uh, plans this year. And I don't know if he puts out the same production and they, you know they win 107 games. It's tough to look at anybody as a bounce back, but I get where you're coming from. He did lose 200 points off his OPS and that affected, I mean, obviously because of his OBP and his inability to hit lefties uh, played a big role. Maybe they'll enter this year with uh, less confidence in him against left-handed pitching. I want to get one thought from you uh, on some news that came out on Tuesday morning. Adam Schefter of ESPN reporting, and we knew this would happen at some point, uh, 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to soon undergo shoulder surgery that would sideline him until the summer. This is what a source told ESPN. It's not expected to impact his trade status. 
the Jimmy Garab, uh, he's still likely to be traded this month. This is all per sources. My understanding or my thought was that the thumb was going to be a bigger issue. They're saying he's not going to have surgery on the thumb. The shoulder is obviously a problem and hampered him uh, down the stretch. He still threw for 3,800 yards this year, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He's only 30 years old. What can you tell us about the Jimmy Garoppolo maybe trade value? There's still teams with significant interest and, and why this would not affect the trade value. There's just confidence in, in modern medicine that he's going to be okay. Yeah, I have a hard time buying that it won't affect the trade value, and here's why, Copes, because if you think about Jimmy Garoppolo and trading for him in the month of March, you're taking a significant gamble that he will recover from this shoulder surgery, and maybe it's not significant, but the fact that he won't be throwing, according to Adam Schefter, until July, you're taking a bit of a risk, you're taking a bit of a liability there, and so what I would envision is that instead of the 49ers getting a pick in the 2022 draft that's high, like a second or third round pick, or maybe even a fourth round pick, what will happen? is they will get a conditional pick in the 2023 draft. And it could be conditional based on his playing time, based on the number of starts that he makes, based on the number of yards that he throws for, the number of touchdown passes that he makes in 2023 or in 2022 with the conditions for 2023. And I could see that being anywhere from a second round pick to a fourth round pick. But I don't think if you're a team looking to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo right now, understanding his injury situation, understanding his medical history and durability issues, that you can just go ahead and say, hey, look, we're giving up a two, we feel comfortable about it. We know that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to bounce back because you can't count on that with this guy. Throughout his career, he's shown that he has the propensity to get injured. And so I think that what the 49ers will end up doing is acquiring a fourth or a fifth round pick this year with that conditional pick for 2023 for Jimmy Garoppolo. And it will be based on how he performs for his new team. And if you're the 49ers, that gives you incentive to put him on a really good team like the Pittsburgh Steelers or a team that's not far off from contending like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who could he could just replace Tom Brady and fit in right there with the team that could easily win the NFC South because the better situation he's in, the better protection he has at the quarterback position, the more likely he is to stay healthy, the better that pick gets for you. And so there's now incentive for the 49ers to be heavily involved in picking a wise situation for Jimmy Garoppolo to go to. I'm with you. I I don't know that you can say it doesn't affect trade value when we saw how he performed with the injured shoulder. You'd be banking on him being back in time for the start of next year and hope that there's no setback. You'd be mortgaging a lot to give it up. So you may be right that the 49ers could be looking at some sort of conditional pick based on what his health is and getting something uh, maybe a little deeper in the draft in the guts of the draft for this season. Kerry, always fun catching up, man. Uh, You do such a great job for the Merc, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. Looking forward to it, Copes. Thanks for having me. Great stuff from Kerry Crowley. Obviously, always good insight on the San Francisco Giants, but now covering Bay Area sports in general. Nice to pick his brain on a bevy of topics across Bay Area sports. Thank you to Kerry Crowley. Thank you to you, the listener. And thank you to my producer, Brian Smith. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us. Wherever it is you're listening, we'll keep bringing you all the top stories in Bay Area sports. As we get into the rest of this week, some more of your basketball talk, as well as more on the 49ers and the potential trade of Jimmy Garoppolo. All things we'll talk about in the days and weeks ahead. Until Friday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.